Hello, I am Tracy Hitchings. My guest for the second time is Mikey Brown, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist and frontman of New Zealand's rock band Outside In. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a very good night to you wherever you are across the globe. I am transmitting from the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. You have tuned into Tracy's Prog World. Well, hello again out there on this beautiful winter warm day here in Aussie. Uh, Mikey will soon pop through cyberspace anytime now with more life stories and musical marvels. I hope you guys out there have had the chance to look up the wonderful music of Outside In and even purchase their debut album, Karma Train. Oh, hang on. There's a sound in my ear and it, it's a train. Now, it's now stopping at Tracy's Prog World. Ah, look, he's off. It's uh, Mikey. Welcome to Tracy's Prog World. Thank you for stopping here again. How are you today? Hey, Tracy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Always love stopping off at this uh, station. Oh, you're so welcome. I hope you just do a lot more in the future as well and bring on the boys next time, maybe. You know, don't yeah. travel on your own so much. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, so how has your week been, Mikey, since we last spoke? Yeah, not too bad, eh? We've had a pretty productive week and definitely been working on a lot of writing new material, got together with the boys for the first time in quite a few weeks and um, worked on some brand new outside-in material at band practice. So that was a good good start. Ah, wonderful. Good vibe last night. Excellent. Well, that's that's great to hear. And of course, we're going to be talking about that anyway. But where we left off, um, not to put a damper on it, but uh, I was going to ask you next about difficult second album. Well, maybe from hearing what you just said, maybe it's not so <laughs> difficult. So, you, you, I mean, you are currently about halfway through when I last spoke to you writing the second album. And I, and you're sure it's a really normal to have um, used, you know, as we were talking about last week, a majority of one's ideas so far on the first albums. We've had that experience. So, so where are you at this moment in time since last week? Has, has a little changed or um, is it still a difficult second album? <laughs> Uh, well, it's definitely, I think the, the term difficult second album probably gets heard often because second albums are, yeah. you know, really notorious for being a challenge and you've done something cool. Hopefully your first album had some cool stuff and you introduced your band as who they are and you started to put yourself out there and, and to follow that up with something, you know, that's not too similar, but that still has that sound that you want people to associate with your group. You don't want to be just rehashing stuff from the first album. Uh, and also you use up so much of your life's collection of ideas in your first album. So it's really a clean slate in a lot of ways uh, starting a second album. Yeah, indeed. Um, lucky for me, I've got Johnny as a writing partner and he he's unstoppable. And so he's been uh, forging ahead with a huge amount of really cool ideas and uh, demos being put together. So... Yeah, there's about 25 songs there from him and I need to contribute at least five, so I need to pull finger. Um, but also, like, we get together and then develop those as a group, which we've just started to do um, in the last, yeah, last night we got together for the for the first time to start actually yeah. attempting to play some of this stuff. Yes, yeah. But, yeah, which was really exciting yeah. and it went well. And, uh, you know, we can almost play two of the new tunes yes. 
Yeah. So it's a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a slow start, but it's solid. And that's a great feeling when it comes together as tunes and you're all there together in the same room and you're feeling that gelling feeling and that, that rush of excitement starts to come in, doesn't it? Isn't that great? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, you kind of miss it. You, you, you don't always realise that you uh, missed it and you get back together and you feel that energy of your fellow bandmates, yeah. you know, putting ideas around and it, yeah, it's a great vibe. It's an exciting I, yeah. part of the phase of writing. Excellent. I think that's a good time now, actually, to talk about your bandmates just a little bit more because we touched upon them last week and what they do. And is there any more that you can add since being with them and having this sort of gelling again about their characters? Yeah, well, um, I've spent some some good years working with Johnny now. Uh, he played in my old band and we played even at my wedding what, 11 years ago, Johnny played in the wedding band with me. So that was cool. Oh, yeah, right. So we've Excellent. got a lot of history yeah. now and um, we've kind of grown up musically um, together, you know. And um, he's actually raced ahead in the sense of self-development and learning and he's really upskilled in the last few years whereas mm. I've probably plateaued a little bit uh, with my technical skill and hopefully uh, my improvements be more around um, – writing the words and, and getting more meanings and, and interwoven into my ideas, mm. but um, maybe plateaued a little bit uh, in the technical musical side of things. But um, Johnny, yeah, he's a real um, inspirational guy to work with and he um, he just bludgeons ahead and he just keeps producing nonstop and it's quite, um can be quite intimidating when you're trying to have a writing partnership with somebody who's so productive um, it can be quite, yeah, intimidating because um, my ideas are slow and one of my new disciplines is like I write music, I write songs and lyrics every day. I, I make myself work on it every single day because um, if I wait till I feel inspired, it's almost like an excuse just to do nothing. And a lot of the time, almost all of the time, inspiration finds you when you're already actually working. Um, so, yeah. That's that's great. I'll just try yeah. and... That's great to hear you say that, actually, Mikey, because a lot of people actually kind of like, this is the balance. They are oh, not inspired, so I won't work on mm-hmm. that. But actually, you've got to create the habit of it. So the inspiration actually is just there to do, exactly. isn't it? Um, you, need, you need to create that inspiration as well and make a habit of it at that time of day or whatever, however it works for you. Do, do you have a particular time of day where you think, no, I'm going to sit down and write now and oh, it will come, I will channel because it? Because each of my weekdays, involve uh, picking up and dropping off different uh one of my kids at a different location for the morning to start and then um, I work from home some days and I work from work some days so my routine is kind of mixed throughout the week so I don't actually have a set time where I sit down to do writing but it's more just like right. if I'm working at my shop in the morning then I know I'm going to get home in the afternoon and <laughs> all distractions away it's going to be music time if I'm working from home I drop my son off at school and then I come home and do it straight away in the morning <clears throat> and just get cracking uh, as, as early as I can in the day. I mean, um, uh, I'm a big routine person. And so I get up at like 5.30 and do my exercise every day to start the day off so that I don't go insane. Wow. And um, while yeah. I'm doing that, that's my time to listen to demos that Johnny's written while I'm working out. And that's when I'm, I feel like the endorphins are flowing and getting hot and sweaty and disgusting. Wow. And then that's when I'm listening to... Johnny's demos and, and writing lyrics. And, and that's a real free, you're not checking your phone. You're not, no one's going to ring you at that time yeah. of the morning. Your kids are asleep. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. there's no emails coming in asking for printing quotes or any of that stuff. So it's just nice. My 5.30 time in the morning, that, that's probably the, the most common time that I work on lyrics. Yeah. And then throughout the day, yeah, so it's catchy. So you're waking up at 5 or you're waking up at 5.30? I wake up at 5.30 and then um, yeah. go on exercise for an hour. Does, does that time in the morning when you wake up and think, is it, wow, it's 5.30 or is it, oh, it's 5.30? Well. <laughs> Which one is it for you when you just wake up? I think now I don't even have that <laughs> thought anymore because I've been forcing myself to do this hellish thing for so Brilliant. long. Uh so it works. Habit works, right? Habit works. Yeah. Some days you definitely don't want to do it, but then I let myself have a like just going through the motions day where I'll I'll still exercise, but I won't push myself as hard, and I might yeah. just listen to music or watch something on a, a YouTube channel rather than yeah. trying to do music writing. Those are my sort of lazy days where I do like a, a less impactful approach, but I still do it. <laughs> I think uh, I watched a lot of um, that guy David Goggins. He's like this olympic runner now but he he's a real big yes. inspirational talker he's amazing and um once he, he he talked about it and it appealed to me he, he just basically says you stop making excuses and do it and it gets easier and he's right and um once you get to the point where you're not lying in bed being indecisive about if you're going to get up or not uh you know like it, <laughs> it, it saves a lot of mental energy just to go shut up you're doing it. Don't lie here questioning life and wondering if you should do it or not. And as soon as you get up, like it gets easier and easier and it shortens that, um, yeah, that deciding if I'm going to do it nonsense. It's bad for the will. You've got to develop your will and, and keep it strong. And um, hopefully then you can apply that to other stuff that you want to do. That's harder to do. <laughs> so you train your focus, don't you, basically? I try to, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, excellent stuff. Now, going back to your other bandmates, you did talk and give them a glowing report as uh, musicians. Clearly, they're absolutely brilliant. But um, I get the character a bit more of Johnny. And uh, tell me about the character of some of the other guys, please. Or So <laughs> Adam uh, is uh, our drummer. And he is, man, he's a fantastic drummer. And he's a super disciplined dude. Like, uh, a lot of people ask him, you know, how do you... Honestly, how do you get that good at an instrument? And he gets annoyed because he's like, it's four to six hours practice a day, baby. That's all it is. And um, that's why he gets the mean international gigs that come. Like if there's any um, shows, like he's often in the running to play for musicals that come as well. He does a lot of session work for, uh, you know, varying levels of successful uh, New Zealand musicians that, you know, hire him for studio drumming. Um, yeah, he's mean. And he also teaches a bit of drums uh, at a school as well. Um, but so we'd, we'd had a couple of lineup changes and we really needed an, a really amazing drummer because we were starting to play more and more odd time signatures and like progressive influence stuff. And um, so we, we knew we needed a drummer that could, could back that up super well. And um, I'd seen Adam on through music circles on social media, like clips of him playing the drums, and I knew he was insane. And I um, just hit him up when our last drummer left and said, look, I think you're one of the few drummers I see about town that could pull off the time signature stuff that we're trying to do and flattered him nicely enough that he came and played <laughs> with us. And um, we have the same <laughs> awful sense of humour, so we, we like the same 
movie references and yeah. Will Ferrell stuff and The yeah, Simpsons. That's where it's and, at, isn't it? It's t- pulling you know, the like character. We had a lot yeah. of connection on the on the comedy side. We immediately headed off. That reminds me of my days in bands. That's the you kind of talk about your favorite movies and you get off on that. And before you know it, you're playing great music. And uh, so he's that's right. It's it a wicked sense of humor. Then he does. <laughs> he's quite a grumpy dude. But Ooh, um, tell us about he that. He balances that out. He balances his crouchiness out with a bit of uh, good sense of humor and a bit of self depreciating. Uh, excellent. Humor. So just give us a bit of grumpy, please. Just 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 a little bit of grumpy. So a bit of grumpy. <laughs> you know, like you turn up to band practice and. You got to break the ice and say hello to everybody, and there's always that sort of five minute period of, of just course. awkwardly bringing your guitars in yeah. and whatnot, and sort of like, hey. yep. and so you'll get like a hug from Elliot, and you'll get a high five from Joe, and a fist bump from Johnny, and then if you're lucky, Adam might look up from what he's doing, and if you're super lucky, he might even you know uh, give you like a hey, and so that's that's the start, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, he's probably my best mate, but he's. <laughs> He's such a grump, eh? And so I started using the hashtag Adam is Grumpy. And every time I'm filming a band practice for social media exploits, I'll just get my phone out and, you know, shoot whoever's doing what or a selfie of me singing or whatever, just a little bit of mindless, uh, you know, social media fodder. Anytime I film Adam, he'll get annoyed at me straight away (laughs) and give me a filthy look. So I just put that on the internet now. (laughs) And so all my hashtags are Adam is Grumpy. Excellent. And so we've um, we recently got encouraged Excellent. to join TikTok yeah. by uh, a girl who was giving us some, you know, help with social media and marketing stuff. And she said, look, you know, it sounds like a cringy platform, but it's actually gold for marketing your band. You should really get on there. And um, it's me just doing covers and yeah. singing, but I've made an amazing connection with like a thousand people in a couple of weeks. Wow. It's been a pretty cool place to... It's a totally different approach, but it's good for networking, man. TikTok is not just for kids. No, not at all. I mean, there's a lot of old people like myself on there. And, <laughs> um, I was super reluctant to do it, you know. Look, you but, said um, it. You'd be surprised how many old old folks are using TikTok these days. But it's good for making like real quick connections with people that are specific to what you're doing. Whereas I feel like Instagram, Facebook, it's a slower burn. TikTok is just so direct, like, these people like the type of stuff you're doing. Now they're all going to follow you because they think what you're doing is cool and they're looking for that stuff on there. Uh, plus, I just use the hashtag Adam is grumpy and put pictures <laughs> of him getting mad at me up as well. And um, they seem to be performing really well. He's not on TikTok, so he doesn't know oh, that's about That's so that. funny. You, you know, you heard it here first, guys. Uh, we've got Adam the drummer, who is obviously <laughs> an amazing guy, but he is the Hagar the horrible of outside-in. So don't we just love that? It's, it's a tease. It's just a tease. It's just a light-hearted jab at his grumpy behaviour, yeah. Of course, and it's just making him all the more aware of it, isn't it? Exactly. And hopefully the more horrific, you know. That's so, good for him. Uh, and so, <laughs> so swiftly moving on to other band members oh, yeah. and uh, the bit of character about them. So Elliot is our bassist, and he is, he had he'd weirdly heard of our band before he joined our band, which I say that because I don't feel like we're amazingly popular or well-known. I mean, we're, we're working hard on that, and we've got a following of some loyal fans, but we're still an unknown band in a lot of uh, a lot of ways. And um, anyway, he had actually heard of us and saw an ad. I think we put an ad up looking for a bassist and he came and played with us. And he must have played down how incredible he actually is at that audition because um, if we knew, we would have probably been scared to even look at him in the eye. He's so hard out of bass playing. He's, he's a musical prodigy, this guy. And um, also, like, 
just the gentlest, like most lovely dude I've met. Seriously, eh? He's like got the best nature. He balances out us grumpy dudes in the band. So complimentary, <laughs> eh? Like he's just such a lovely dude. All the girls love him after the shows. He's like the super handsome Korean dude and the girls love him. All of our social media, like anytime there's a picture of Ali, it always goes gangbusters and gets a lot of heart reacts. Um, but yeah, it's because he's a genuine like champion of a guy. He's, he's um, yeah, you just don't meet many more genuine people than that. And he um, happens to also be an immaculate bass player. He can play upright. He, he's a jazz student as well. And he's just finished his master's in music. So he's a, he's a pretty high up there performing champion, really. Mm-hmm. Well, that's him. Oh, gosh, you all sound like champions. Oh, it's a fun group <laughs> that's of people. That's amazing. Eh? So who have we got left to go? Just Joe. Yeah. I mean, doesn't it all balance each other out, doesn't it, all this stuff? It, everything's for balance. Uh, to Yeah, this sounds amazing. So, Joe, tell us about Joe. So, um, we actually had another dude playing guitar for a, a, about a year, I think, um, called Graham. And he actually played on about half of the tracks of Karma Train. He was working with us through yeah about half of the recording but then um you know his other projects got busier and he wanted to pursue a couple of other things which was totally cool we're still in touch with him and he's actually filled in for uh, a gig that we did when joe couldn't make it um so anyway graham played with us for a while and wanted to move on and elliot said oh i've got this good friend called joe he's he's really good and you know if, if elliot thinks someone's really good uh they're probably pretty good and so he brought along this guy joe that um him and joe both immigrated to New Zealand from Korea um, and they went to school together. They've known each other for a really long time and they're really good mates, which is cool. Like having two thirds of the band like super tight like that, it really gives another layer and builds another strength into the, the friendship to the group. And so, yeah, Joe was the only dude that could play anywhere near what Graham had been doing. Like Graham was really cool. And um, it was a huge loss that he moved away from the group, but um Man, yeah, Joe is the only guy that could have a chance at filling his boots, and he really did. And he brought something else to the table that was – because he has to play some of Graham's parts, but he's brought a lot more of his own flavour and spice to the arrangement as well. And turns out that he's, yeah, incredibly onto it musically as well and has come up with some suggestions and changes and and, um, helped with writing uh, that's really made some – yeah, taken us in a new direction, eh? His ideas are fantastic. So we're spoiled across the board with um, top musicians, yeah. yeah. So the, char- nice the character of each musician is really displayed in the music, It's uh, but from what you're saying. So you you and Johnny are the main writers, but the characters of these other musicians clearly comes into it and clearly is part of the, the writing team. I think it's a priority yeah. to let their um, uniqueness come into, mm. the, into the actual sound. Um, I mean, that's from other bands I've played in too. Like the more everyone's able to express themselves within their parts and within their um, contribution to the group, the, the more unique the sound's going to be. And I've always been like quite a strong believer in that. But also it's more enjoyable for them if they're allowed to flourish and do something crazy that is, you know, musically a little bit showy-offy even. Mm, you know, like absolutely. we want these guys to fulfill like they're so mean and they need a platform and that's part of the reason why i know elliot and adam they're top shelf musicians i, I say that like yeah th- they honestly are really good players and um it's intimidating for a guy like me that needs to scrub up and pull the socks off but <laughs> but um what's cool is that 
they like this project because it's interesting musically, like from a musician perspective, and they're allowed to experiment and be creative within their roles. And I think that's what keeps such cool players in such a um, creative situation. Absolutely fantastic. So now we've touched upon all the musicians, haven't we? We haven't left anybody out. We haven't got anybody tucked behind the corner that we've forgotten, have we? No. So, so there you go, folks out there. Isn't it great just to get the flavour of the characters in the band and how, how, what makes a band? It is really, it's a relationship. Um, now, speaking of that uh, and swiftly moving forward, uh, Karma Train Theatre Show, um, you say this is their big ambitious plan that we may never eventuate but um you say your brother and i have written a theater show of the karma train album and this will include live puppets dance some theater elements and some visual effects as well as 30 piece choir singing harmonies to the song so what more can you share about that because this this is just sounds fantastic and why shouldn't you have these ambitions and why shouldn't it not happen so uh yeah yeah, well, um, I think because Karma Train, our album, is so um, full of stories and because we've uh, made that concept album connection with the book Siddhartha, there's, there's so many more um, opportunities to connect visual storytelling to our musical ideas. And so it just seemed like a really fun idea I guess um to make a show that is you know both visually uh stimulating as well as uh you know orally you're listening to some progressive rock music but I think there's so much storytelling to be added that um yeah giving people some visual stuff to latch onto will definitely add to the experience um when me and my brother Ashton wrote and he sort of directed uh, all our music videos that we've done towards Karma Train, we started to dabble with um, hiding little things for people to spot in videos and um, referencing 90s movies and trying to do more than just a band playing in a garage kind of looking video, like have a bit of a story that runs throughout it. And um, then we ended up making a trilogy out of three of the videos that sort of tie together and there's a bit of a, a continual sort of storyline that runs through three of these videos that we've done and they've all got heaps of Easter eggs and stuff that we thought was clever that's probably a bit wanky hidden in them <laughs> and um, so me and Ashton started to develop around Karma Train anyway like all these stories and storytelling ideas that we could associate with it and, and then we just started talking about you know the next the next thing that we could do the next way that we could present this body of work how's another way we can show it to people so um, AAA Records is our record label and um, Tima Tara Smith, who you've interviewed on your show, is the great guy. He's the head honcho of AAA. So uh, in regards to what's the next steps for Outside In, what's the next ways we can promote the Karma Train album, um, I think Matt was one of the people that pushed us in that direction. It might It might have even been partially his idea um, to do this, present Karma Train in a, in a different situation or in a theatre um, seated environment. And then me and Ashton took that idea and ran with it and developed a show that is, uh, yeah, going to have a 30-piece choir doing harmonies with our songs. Um, there'll be some 
movement on stage and some, we've got a dancer who's going to do a dance in, in association with one of the songs. We're going to pre-record a bunch of amazing footage from around our country. Johnny is also a um, photographer, landscape photographer and very keen hiker. So he's going to produce some beautiful landscape footage to accompany the stage show, which will heavily affect and make it quite trippy and and um, out of this world sort of visually. Um, we'll shoot some stuff of the band playing characters and doing interesting stuff to be played um, because AAA have access to this 30-metre LED screen. Uh, our kind of benchmark is the wall, you know, like if we can just do something like a tenth of that sort of grandness, but it's a, it's an obvious comparison in the sense of the theatre meets yes. uh, prog rock band performance meets laser show visuals. You know, we want to blow people's minds with this whole psychedelic story that surrounds our album it sounds absolutely magical uh, and it's all very possible it's just the time and uh, the creation that it's going to take is a, is a lot isn't it and uh, th- but that's what makes it fascinating a lot of moving parts. so that bit that you're talking about with regards to this uh, 30 did you say 30 meter um oh the screen yeah yeah so you know, is, that the, meter LED. is that the 360 is that the same as a 360 that he filmed with oh my lovely blonde bombshell Lee Martin, and they did this 360 thing. Are you talking about that, or is it a different um, te- technique? Is that where she's like... I think it's a different technique, but they, they do have that screen which can be assembled or broken down into smaller chunks, but at its biggest, it would serve as a full backdrop for uh, our stage show. So we can actually have scene changes, you know, for each song and, and um, make it quite dramatic. Yeah, it's going to be cool fun. But, yeah, so there's a lot of work. Johnny has to shoot a lot of footage, but he's had an injury. I've had a vocal injury. Uh, we, we didn't get the funding that we were hoping to get from Creative NZ towards the show. So there's been a couple of hurdles lately that's slowed down the production of this show. Uh, mainly Johnny hasn't been able to go out and shoot any footage because he's got a hiking injury. Um, but we're still kind of solidifying and getting bits together for it. I'm going to meet with the um, the lady that's going to dance, is also going to teach me to do yeah. some dance moves for one of the songs, which should be horrifying, but um, quite fun, I'm sure. And it'll add some drama to the piece that I'll be singing and moving around. And so it's going to be a bit of choreographed stuff happening there. Um, and we've got the puppets from the OM yes. music video, which are very sort of creepy. And we're hoping to have them live on stage doing some stuff and also using like camera tricks to film them uh, while that's happening live and have that projected onto the screen and things like that to try and make it a really engaging story with um yeah all the kind of psychedelic trimmings and that's the flavor of your videos um obviously in the filming of your videos there's flavors of that and I was going to ask about the on but you've already said it that song because we did talk about the songs last week I think we talked about um om and we talked about mushroom and we talked mm-hmm. about um what's the other one called sorry it's um I'm caught out now let me see if I can get it don't tell me Garden, yeah, the, the garden, garden of light. light. That's right. That's the Groundhog Day one, and and the mushroom is obviously the, the psychedelic right. um, sort of riptide, as I was saying uh, last week, to my recollect. 
Yeah, yeah and uh, we were talking about um, Om, and uh, so you're going to bring you're going to bring the usage of what you've got in your music video, and use that in the theatre show. And I thought that would that would be the case. I was going to say thank you for sharing that. That makes it sound more exciting to me. It's fun to come up with these things, but I guess the real trick is, uh, I mean, not you know, lots of people have really creative ideas. Indeed, and uh, there are people that have much more grand creative ideas than I could ever dream to. But I think. The key is um, finding ways to implement and make these things actually happen uh, so that they aren't just grand grand ideas. So um, I'm facing that challenge at the moment because um, with any project, if you're not working on it, it becomes dormant very quickly and it can very quickly slip into that uh, dreams that you might one day want to achieve zone rather than, no, this is being worked on. We're doing things towards this and making sure that it's progressing. So I need to keep myself super accountable on the theatre show because yes. uh, it's daunting and it's um, easy to make excuses why it's quite a difficult thing to put together. There's a lot of moving parts and it's very ambitious for a little uh, band that's not super um, well-funded at the moment, you know. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's another, just like the album, we had to man up and do every element of it ourselves and... Um, I'm going to have to do that with a the theatre show too. And um, i got to see those things as positive challenges to be done. I've got a good team of people that will support me. We can have delusions of grandeur if we're just on our own doing this and it's all only in our head. We have to have a, a kind of a reality there. And you certainly have a reality there from what you're explaining. You've got, you've got AAA records and, uh, and Matt um, is kind of seems like he's behind you there. And what a great guy to work with, uh, um, a really beautiful person who would be very meaningful. So I think mm. this all sounds very exciting. And I, I, and I guess it's going to take a lot of creativity totally. as well as patience as well. Yeah. I mean, I've been involved in um, doing rock band stuff that's been turned into theatre shows, uh, you may, you may or may not know of Clive Nolan of um, Pendragon and uh, Arena. And that's what he's basically done. Not quite in the same way as you, but similarly when he's ended up having big, um, uh, you know, a lot of people coming on stage singing like a, a choirs and all sorts. And we've travel, travelled from England over to Poland to do it. And uh, it's uh, and he'll hire out people from that country. So we went from just doing rock bands and piano and voice and he, he slowly incorporated these things. His dream was rock operas and things. So, yeah, it's amazing. It, it can be done. Wow, that's cool. I'll have to check it out too. Yeah, check it out because uh, the last thing I did with him was Alchemy. He's just coming up with Alchemy 2 now. And uh, yeah, he's he's had that experience um, of going through that, but he was doing it for a few years, going through the transition of kind of it was small on stage. It was more like kind of a West End theatre show on, on a small scale, which is like the shows in London. It's more like that. It wasn't so much with puppets and things, but um, so your ideas, you've got different ideas with it, but it's still staging on a, on a theatre stage, making more of a theatre to show rather than a rock band just up there you know so um yeah it's, it's it's very very interesting so that's the area that he's wanted to go into yeah um fantastic that sounds it sounds fantastic and you've just you're simply put here to create so you must do this creation it. and it's going to be challenging and it's going to be it's going to be heartwarming oh, and you're going to cry over probably. it too to get it right but you're going to do it and uh 
Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. we all do, don't we? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And I don't know uh, what other people that have done this have actually literally been through because I wasn't there the whole way through because I was already doing other things myself. But um, I know that it, it takes a lot of kind of being involved in a little mm. bit in theatre and that in my lifetime. And uh, yeah, yeah. But it is absolutely so yeah, it's a totally, rewarding. Yeah, a totally new and, experience uh, for us putting something and, together that's yeah. so multidisciplinary yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's quite full on. But um, I've been involved with um, the Blackbird yeah. Ensemble, which is a group that um, Claire Cowan, a super talented New Zealand um, musician, and um, she writes scores for TV. And um, she has this uh, beautiful revolving ensemble of um, musicians who get together to form up to a big orchestra or down to like a small band or a nine-piece group. And I had the privilege of playing a few songs with them over the years, uh, which was more like a theatre hybrid sort of show. Mm. So it's quite a good inspiration for what we're trying to do, having worked in that world a tiny bit and seeing how... How, how much potential uh, our stuff would, would would have in that environment. But, yeah, it's a daunting one, that one. But we're um, determined to make something happen there. Yeah, that's great. And talking about making things happen, um, Karma Train on vinyl. Is that something I know that it's been over... A yeah. year now since the release of uh, Karma Train, debut <clears throat> album. So, um, yeah, uh, you've had a very good response abroad, particularly with the additional expo- exposure. Exposure uh, you gained, and thanks to Kev Rowland again, isn't it? He's also helped uh, a lot. You called him Uncle Kev the other week, but I think we. Uh, it, what can, <laughs> what can I you tell tell us you? about Uncle Kev? He's the prog- <laughs> from prog- Grand Archon. High Wizard of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's that's, gonna love uh, it. That's his official <laughs> behind-the-scenes title to those who know. But he um, he he lives in New Zealand and he's good friends with Matt Smith of AAA Records as well. And um, he found out about us through Matt, yeah. I believe. And because he's, I mean, he's a hugely supportive person in uh, music scenes in Auckland, but he comes from a prog background. And when he heard Outside In, he was really into it. So he helped us with writing some press release stuff for the actual album launch. And he's put us in touch with a lot of the prog archives world and introduced us to a lot of reviewers and prog enthusiasts uh, and really helped us to push Karma Train out there to, uh, you know, a more uh, international network of specifically progressive rock enthusiasts, which has been amazing. I mean, that's probably in a roundabout way how we've come into contact as well, Trace. So yeah, yeah, he's he's the man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love exactly. Uncle Kev. Yeah, Kev's the man. Uncle Uncle Kev's the man. Uncle Kev. That's Kev Rowland, of course, from uh, the author of the Progressive Underground. Again, the author of the Progressive Underground. For any of you out there that want to go out and uh, buy some books, you can go on Amazon, and all three uh, volumes are there for every one of you to purchase. Because um, there's some just great stuff in there from Prog Past and uh, and Kev doesn't stuff. stop. Anyway. <laughs> swiftly moving on he knows his stuff indeed doesn't he I'm, i know uh, and he's uh he's great here on tracy's prog world he's mm. he's he's my intel you see to the world out there he really is as to what's totally. going on now so uh and that's mm. why we're having this conversation as you said yeah indeed so it's uh it's uh, we are all grateful to um, yeah totally be helping that's what it's all about so, isn't that so great? open with sharing information <laughs> and yeah, contacts and stuff so he's a real he's a real yeah. champ 
So back to the vinyl, I guess, um, yeah, it's been just over a year since we released our, our album, album Karma Train. So we need to hurry up and write album two. Michael, I'm talking to you. And um, <laughs> so it's well overdue that we release it on um, vinyl. So we initially did some fundraising and sold some pre-sales to the most supportive, loyal people of all because they're still waiting for their vinyls, but they're coming. I'm not supposed to say, but Matt's already sent off the lacquers and stuff to get underway for the masters. So it's, it's the wheels are in motion. Uh, I think there's a bit of a hold up in the US with uh, the plants are really overwhelmed at the moment, uh, record pressing wise. So um, it should be happening. It's, it's already underway. It's just we're at the mercy of how long it's going to take to get to the front of queue and get done and sent back here. And then I believe we're doing pressing here in New Zealand it's just the masters are getting done elsewhere uh, so we're finally releasing it on vinyl which is super exciting and one of the reasons that it's taken such a long time to be honest is just because um, our record's slightly over an hour and so it doesn't fit on one disc and so it makes it uh, bloody expensive uh, for right. a little band yeah. from Auckland New Zealand uh, yeah. to produce you know minimum runs yeah. of records and we have to do two so we're doing a small run of like 150 records, which is actually 300 discs. Uh, and we're doing them, just this run's going to be numbered. Uh, so it's going to be quite collectible if, uh, if you're into that sort of stuff. And anyone who's bought the record already to help us actually get the pressing off the ground, uh, we're going to print a thanks on the actual sleeve. So the, the first uh, limited run we're doing of these vinyls, everyone who's already purchased one to help us actually fund the pressing we're going to print a thank you with their names on the actual sleeve. So anyone who's into collecting small runs of finals, it's going to be a blue and a red disc as well, which is pretty cool. And then, yeah, we're going to print a thanks to anyone who gets a pre-sale uh, before the end of this month. We'll get their name printed on a on the record sleeve too, which would be cool. And we won't repeat. If we do sell out these first 150 records and end up doing another run, we won't do any more color discs. We'll keep it. So that first 150 yeah. discs is like super rare yeah. and cool for those people that have supported us through this very expensive <laughs> challenge. You know, the, the beauty of, though, <laughs> of it becoming more like a gatefold, you know, double album, um, that in the long run is going to, I believe, really serve you. In the short run, it's a bit painful as for all the reasons that you've mm. given, it, it, you know, but in the long run, it's going to be even more special. So... Uh, yeah, That's it sounds right. fantastic. And, and isn't it great that you the, the gratitude either side of your fans that have given up front and uh, then in return they're going to have their name printed? It just, isn't this sort of gratitude just wonderful when it works both ways like that? I think that's one of the good things about being a, a smaller yeah. band and also like being, being a fan of um, smaller bands as well is that you get a bit more of a direct connection with these people and we get a direct connection with our fans. So we know a lot of the people that have bought those first 150 records and we can actually message them and say thanks as well as printing their name. We've also chucked a, um, there's one track which we didn't put on the album, which um, because the album's a concept album with that 12 chapter book, we only wanted to have 12 songs on the album, but the uh, record will have a bonus track that hasn't been released at all. So hopefully that's a little uh, Easter egg out there for you. Outside in fans as well. Can you share a time on your journey where you may have experienced hardship or so-called failure, which there's no such thing, but we're just going to use the word because failure is really stepping stones. But, you know, and what you learn from it, 
and how you may have been you know, it may have been a gift in retrospect and a blessing in disguise. Now, I know we have talked about a lot of things here, but is there any one thing that really pops into your mind at this moment, whatever it may be in life? No, I've certainly had my um, challenges and in, in, um, in, uh, throughout the journey, there's definitely been challenges. And I think um, mine has been a, quite a battle with myself um, throughout the whole time of accepting this is what I'm going to do, accepting that it's okay uh, to be a musician, even though, or maybe if I put all of my focus into my small business, things would be different. It, things would be different financially and things would probably be easier. Um, I think a, a lot of my challenges have been, yeah, overcoming myself, uh, allowing myself to enjoy what I'm doing, um, taking ownership of what I'm doing to the point where um, – rather than being jealous of other artists that have gotten ahead of me or had better breakthroughs or got better exposure or uh, got funding from New Zealand on air and things like that. Um, there's been, it's easy to be bitter uh, as, a, as an artist. And um, I think that's become one of my key focuses is not to do that. And, um, you know, it's something that you have to relearn often. There's all these kids that you sort of up and comers and suddenly they're like way more, successful musically than what I'll probably ever be and they're like 15 years old or whatever like it drives me mental but I think um comparing to other people's paths is a real thief of joy and um we all know that in theory but to actually like live as though you believe that is a different thing altogether and um so just overcoming yeah overcoming myself on a daily basis not not being giving into the negative self-talk I could easily do about my two failed careers you know most people only have one whereas I've got a business that I'm putting half into and then a music career that I'm putting half into like I used to be, beat myself up about a lot of, of that kind of thing and um, ruin the enjoyment of the thing that I'm supposed to enjoy the most which is being creative and being a musician and I've spent a lot of a lot of time in my 20s probably being so jealous and negative and wanting more than what I've got musically and career-wise and never really taking ownership and, and never really getting the rewards that I thought I should have. And um, once you realize that those rewards are actually not the true rewards, I think that's when you start to actually enjoy your path again and, and um, learn about focusing on the process again, which I, I mentioned last week, you know, like that's been a hard lesson for me and, I've had every opportunity to be a successful person with my own small business. And if I, honestly, I could really do okay with that. And I just, it doesn't feel right. And I've had to fight myself to accept that I'm a yeah. musician and if, and I'm at this level and I'm doing what I'm doing now and that's okay. And I can enjoy that. Yeah. So, so as am I right to say then you fit the, to feel the success within self is to feel happy with mm. what you're doing and to be, to be utilizing what you're doing, not be worried what other people are doing. That's the mm. lesson there. Because in all fairness, that question may not have been fair because you kind of already answered it along the steps of last week and some of this week as well. But it, is, it does bring it back to the same area. So you, you absolutely know that in yourself anyway. And I think a lot of people will identify with that, which is quite um, quite important because that's the idea of sharing these stories, isn't it? That uh, 
the we have all these incredible experiences and we we get to realize that success is within us it's within us we have to enjoy it's about enjoying the journey yeah. <laughs> not just getting to the destination but enjoying mm. the and journey. it sounds like a cliche but it's so it sounds like but it's it's so important and like i said before like it's easy to know these sayings or these expressions about how you could be happy and blah 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 but until you actually know how to apply it it just sounds like cheesy self-help talk until you actually understand how to apply it to your own life and see the benefits to your own situation oh, don't you just <laughs> love it too and i must ask mikey right the blue dressing oh, okay. gown i never tell you know i never tell in um, the video, music video that we made for Pass on the Flag, um, it's about a character played by myself. And I sort of wake up in this dreamlike state in pajamas um, at a beach and um, on some amazing sand dunes at, actually at Bethel's Beach, um, this beautiful beach just out of Auckland. And um, yeah, I go on some sort of journey and it accompanies the song nicely. But um, so from that point, I thought, well, I like to be in character a little bit when I'm performing so that I can dispel the nerves and feel like I'm sort of somebody else and then excuse any performance behavior that might be questionable later or say, well, that was the, that was the Mikey character. That wasn't actually my true self. And it gives me a nice boost of confidence to be in a costume or in a, a, something unusual. So I took that costume the pajamas and the dressing gown started wearing it at gigs and it got a good reaction. So then I just started wearing the dressing gown without the pajamas, just with normal clothes or whatever I happened to be wearing at the time, a a suit and then a dressing gown. Yeah. Whatever. It's just freeing to um, be out of character. Yeah. And Kev loves it the most. Uncle Kev, he's obsessed with it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think he is. And also I hear that it's just a lot easier for you to get home and just, you know, waft into bed as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm tired after a gig. So it's always nice to be in your pajamas already. We always, my wife always tells a story about how when she was a teenager going to parties past curfew, uh, her dad would pick her up with his pajamas poking out the bottom of his normal clothes to let it be known that it was bedtime and to get in the car and come straight home. And she'd be so embarrassed, she'd be out of there like a <laughs> shot. And so we always joke about putting our pajamas on underneath clothes when we have to go to things we don't want to go to. So sometimes, yeah, you know, like I get anxious about gigs. And uh, if I'm in my pajamas and I'm cozy, that's so it takes away a bit of the edge. And then, yeah, I'm tired. I can go straight to bed when I get home. No problem. Perfect. Perfect. But you know what? I think that's beautiful because you're going to stand out. And I, and I just love that. Now, we are at the end of the show, Mikey. But what I would like to challenge you with is a few quick questions. But they, they, okay. you can't think about them or go into a story. You just have to answer them. Okay. So, so I'm going to ask you them bang, 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 bang. And your answer has to come in as quickly as possible. You've got what could 10 possibly seconds go wrong? to answer each one. Okay. Are you game? Oh, yeah. Yep. Let's go. Let's try it. Okay. Number one. What's your favorite musical moment? I like uh, Ten, the nine, the outro bridge of um, "Let Down" by Radiohead. Oh, when he changes to that falsetto and holds that, you know where you are, and everyone's bawling their eyes out. It's the most beautiful, the cacophony of three, four guitar parts all just come together at once, and everything just in unison for one moment. And it's just, it's so bleak but so beautiful. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh. 
There you go. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. So the next question, what do you love the most? My kids, <laughs> my children. Of course. Of course, your family. Wonderful. Number three, where are you going to go on holiday next? Oh, please let it be Raro or Fiji or one of the islands Lovely. where there's a bit of travel bubble sort of thing happening with New yeah. Zealand and some of the islands. And um, it's cold here at the moment. I could use yeah. some relaxation and some sun. Some sun. Yeah, lovely. Okay. Uh, did you ever plan to come to Australia? Oh, there's too many Australians. <laughs> yeah, but I'm Cornish, so I don't care. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, for you, I can make an exception. <laughs> You're my lover. I'll come and stay at your place. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, you can all come and stay here. We'll find space on the floors and in the cinema and everywhere that we've got. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Oh, perfect. Open. The, yep, kids, the kids will love it. Kids can come too. Bring them all. <laughs> <laughs> right, excluding, ex- number five, excluding your loved ones, who would you take out for lunch and why? Very quickly. Oh. 10987. <laughs> Tom, Tom York. Can I take Tom York? He sung my favourite musical moment and now, now I'm going to take him out for, for dinner as well. Of course. Uh, yeah, from Radio from Radiohead. He's a huge hero of mine. And um, Amy travelled to the UK without me for business and then rung me in the middle of the night to scream down the phone. I just met Tom York in the street. Worst moment of my life. Oh, How dare she? And who was Amy? Come on, we have to know who Amy is, please. Oh, my wife. Your wife. Okay, thank you. Now we know that you've got a beautiful wife, Amy, as well. Okay, so this question is very apt now. Excluding best friends, loved ones at home and bandmates, who would you take on a model railway exhibition and stay the whole day? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think Maynard, James Keenan from Tool, he'd be pretty fun for that. He's a good wine knowledge as well, so he could get us a nice couple of wines to have on the, on the train. Oh, no, this is a railway exhibition, model railway exhibition. Sorry, did I not say that, Mikey? Did you not hear that word? Model railway exhibition and stay the whole oh, day? It's got to be someone you I'll don't take, like, I'll really. still take Maynard. <laughs> Fuck it, yeah, why it's not? Meant to be, it's Can't meant to be it. someone you don't like, really, because you can, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I think we'd be so bored that we'd end up talking about good stuff. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? And then you'd go off and find a great pub somewhere and have a great time, eh? <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. Last question, and again, very quickly here. Um, you, you're going to a desert island, all right? What are the three songs that you're going to take with you? What are they? Uh, I'll take Three Libras by A Perfect Circle. Uh, I'll take New Day by Carnival, because mm. if I'm on a desert island, I'm going to need to motivate myself, so that's a good song for that. And then I will take... Oh, it's got to be Radiohead, probably uh, Jigsaw's Falling Into Place. Jigsaw Falling Into Place. Because it's upbeat, but it's still Radiohead, so it's like you're going to survive. You're not going to hang yourself in a coconut tree. Yeah. And what, and finally, (laughs) is there any one woman out there, a lady, a woman, yeah, one of my species, yeah, (laughs) um, that you would like to have time with to talk with? Um, and find out about somebody that fascinates you from the from the female. Oh, that's a tricky question. Probably um, Beth Gibbons from Portishead. Right. She's so fragile and timid, and then she comes out like this little leaf 
in the wind and stands by this looming microphone stand and then from the pit of her soul just delivers this vocal that will just cut you into a thousand pieces. So, yeah, I'd like to talk to her about that. Or Bjork would be nice as well. I'll I'll go take them both out for a model train, afternoon of model trains. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's really cheating now, but, hey, what a beautiful answer that was. Um, That's great. Mikey, you're such a sport. I love it, you know. And, um, well, folks, uh, we have come to the end of this great conversation, and um, I've absolutely loved it. And it's endless. We still haven't got to the end of all the possible things we could go around and chat about, but that makes time for the future as well. So we'll always be catching up at some point down the road because I love you New Zealanders over there. You're full of talent and uh, the world needs to know it. There's there's so much going on over there, isn't there, Mikey? I know you're going to say yes to that because you've seen it yourself. You've seen a lot of talent mm-hmm. over there. And uh, thank, oh, yeah. thank God for Uncle Kev bringing it this way. And uh, oh. you know, <laughs> That guy. I don't know if I'm going to get a telling off about calling him Uncle Kev, but I'm sure. No, no, we're going to make it. We're going to make it a staple. We're going to say it enough times that everyone's going to pick it up. <laughs> oh well, thank That's you. That's Uncle Kev Rowland. <laughs> Uncle Kev Rowland, progressive underground author. Author of the Progressive Underground, yeah. Um, yeah okay. Uncle Kev. Uncle Kev. Uncle Kev, I hope you're listening and having good fun over there in New Zealand listening to the show because I think he normally listens on a Friday morning. That was his ritual because I get them up on nice. Thursday nights very late. I'm up here to the early hours, but that's just how I've, I've, I'm doing it until, until the algorithms tell me otherwise, you know. And uh, anyway, so Mikey, this is Mikey. Mikey, what would you like to say to your fans as a last thing? Anybody that loves your music, that you follow you, those, those people that are purchasing your vinyl what would you like to say to them oh, and beyond gosh well it's just um you guys are the best and that's you know it doesn't seem like uh it might not seem like much but it actually has an impact on how we feel about what we're doing when people send us a message and say man that song got me through this tough time or i really like the lyrics to this one or the guitars and this song sound really heavy i love that you know any of those kind of things like they make a difference to us and, and we feel them and we, we like to be told that what we're doing matters and makes a difference to you guys. So I said on the last interview, I'll say it again, get in touch with us. Don't be shy to reach out and say, hey, man, I'm having a shit day and I listen to this track and thanks heaps, you know, like yeah. or share your music with us. Just we like to we like to communicate. We like to share art yeah. and um, people that appreciate music and appreciate art. We want to be in touch with. So, yeah, don't be shy. Get in touch. Well, buy our vinyl. Yeah, that's it. You got to buy <laughs> vinyl, absolutely. But you know, you just heard that here. These people like connection. We all like connection. And Mikey's just saying they want your connection. They want to hear it from you. So hasn't this been absolutely great and enriching as it was last week, guys? I've just absolutely loved this. Uh, just the stories are so wonderful. And uh, yeah, that, well, that's it for the show. And here's Mikey saying cheerio to you before he uh, goes off over back to his uh, work over there. Thanks so much for having me again, Tracy. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's a hell of a lot of fun. And um, thanks, yeah, thanks very much for having us. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there, guys. Yeah, and you are so welcome, Mikey. I know you guys out there are, um, you know, just grateful for having all these conversations. So you know what I always say to you now that we're at the end of the show, do you still drive careful? I might not have said that at the beginning, but if you are driving and listening, yeah, be careful of the other ones out there that aren't so good. Be careful of those Aussies. Remember from last week, <laughs> you know, we love them, but they're not so good on the motorway. So overtake on the inside lane. So maybe there's a different rule over here in Australia that I haven't quite got a grip on myself. But anyway, there you go. 
go. So um, hope you've enjoyed the show. No, you have. It really is good fun, isn't it? So take care of one another. Love one another. Please don't forget to press the subscribe button to Tracy's Prog World. It won't cost you a penny. It just allows me to know more about the listeners, that uh, the amount of listeners that I've got. And it just helps shape and rebuild things. So please do press that. Again, it won't cost you a penny. It just lets me know what's going on. And uh, we need to do that a bit, you know. So, yeah, okay. Like last time, love one another. We need to. We really do. Take care. And I'll see you next week. Please join me. I'm very grateful for you. And it's over and out from... Tracy's Prog World.